I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So Sebastian, what's this one for? Small screen 90s? What the hell is that? Chris Barnes and AMJ review shows from the 90s out of 90. Why the hell would you do that for? They've got a new Patreon. Ah, begging for money now, is it? What'd you get from it? Exclusive episodes, yes. Early episodes, you get to hear it before anyone else. Merch, yeah, and so much more. That's very vague. And recording of live shows. Oh, nice. So where can you go and get this? The Small Screen 90s Patreon page on Patreon. Oh, that's good, isn't it? The Trophy of Good Podcast was always better. you beautiful people you are listening to the only podcast in the entire universe that reviews shows from the 90s and marks them out of 90 you're not listening to the only podcast in the entire universe because every comedian in the world and anyone who's done anything ever has a podcast and so do we i'm amj and i would be nothing without my co-host my anchor and the guy who put the show together tell him your name my name is chris barnes that's it hello chris there we are. We, we haven't worked out the banter for the beginning, have we? Yes, we we, banter. What have you banter. been doing this week? I, I had a lovely gig with you last yes. night at Jones's Holiday Park. We opened up the gates for the gig for the first time in two and a half years. And uh, we had four people in. Yes, it was very freeing because I did loads of stuff that I've always had in the back burner to do. And I thought this is the time to do it. Like the shuffling bit when I played the shuffle song. I've never done that on stage before. I've played you know it on what? my phone for ages. It, 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 was great. it was one of those nights where you felt like you could just do anything. And those four people <laughs> had the best gig they've ever had in their life. Do you know what? There was a raffle. There was musical bingo. Listening to this, you're thinking, when can I come to the next one? I know you are. I know you are. So uh, we keep you posted. But we had a good old night. It felt like the 90s. Did it did feel like a holiday park as well, which is weird for a pub in Dover. But it's not. Oh, it's by the sea, isn't it? I was about to say it's not by the sea. Yes, this is. 
Yeah, well, don't lose by the sea. Yeah, yeah, famous too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Apparently not from me. Oh, it is a seaside town. Oh, yes, it is, yeah. Yeah, it's not one of the nice seaside towns. That's the thing. You're thinking of somewhere where there's a lovely little, like, you can get yourself a nice little ice cream, sit and watch the boats come and go, talk <laughs> to the locals about their views. Somewhere in Cornwall, Dover doesn't scratch that itch. I'm afraid. But we're not here to talk about Dover. We're here to talk about the 90s. It's a good week this week, isn't it, for shows? Yes, some weeks we don't have much gold, but I thought there was gold in most of them, on all of them, maybe. Oh, I, uh, well, they've definitely been on go- gold. <laughs> is, is challenge still a, still a thing? I think so. I, re- I, it- I, I haven't seen it on Sky for a while. No, I, I think it's gone. Challenge TV. <laughs> like, well, why would you rerun quiz shows? Yeah, but doing this, it might be just the source of um, getting programmed without trying to find it on YouTube. <laughs> I'll give them a ring after this. We'll get yeah. old. Have you got Chuckle Vision? Oh, hang on a minute. No, I've just given. Oh, I edit that bit out. <laughs> so we edit okay, out. doesn't matter. It's in the description, isn't it? When people say, yeah, it's no, "Oh, no one's listening to it," open it's just going to come up. You'll never Ooh. guess what won the panel for the title of the episode. You can because you read it before you look at it. Some guy on YouTube said to me, oh, look at you. You've read the title before you've watched the video. I was like, I do that for every single video I've ever watched on YouTube ever. I don't just click on it and go, oh, what is this? You just hope for the best. Hope for the best. <laughs> I always judge a book by its cover. That's me. That's me. Seven minutes. It's all it takes to make any judgment in the entirety of life. We've established that seven yeah. minutes. Oh, I messaged you and said that our conversation about seven minutes came just after seven minutes of this, so it worked out really well. The irony yes, wasn't lost. Well, I feel the universe was telling me to say that because people would still be listening after the seven minutes, and they'd be like, "I'm still with you. I'm with you guys. I'm here for the nineties. Give us some nineties. Give us the super coop. We've got the super coop. Super coop." If something's really good from now on, I wish to refer to it as that is super cool. Uh, yeah, if, if we get a winner that gets 90 at some point, they are the super coop. They are the super coop. Also, I want to bring back 90 words. I don't think like there's enough of them. Remember nifty? Oh, that's well nifty, mm. that is. Well, that's a good piece of kit, that. I don't think people talk decently anymore, like using proper slang. No, no one says dude, no one says cool. It's all different words for those things now. No one goes, was it? <laughs> That's 2000s. Oh, is it? I thought it was late 90s. Sorry for anyone who's listening to this. Yeah, exact just... dates. That's the spin-off. That is the one we do after this. Oh, see, throw away ideas. And then we're going to have to go back. And then we're well, really there... going to start in the 70s. <laughs> there, there was one show on YouTube and I could have watched the 2003 episode and I thought no 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 you cannot uh, uh, disobey the rules so I found one from 1996 I, I, I watched a few of those 2000 episodes of said show that we're talking about no and no watched, no that is against the rules no yeah but then I watched the <laughs> 90s one back I can still oh, watch stuff right, from this from the last 20 years this hasn't made me like stuck in time where I'm only allowed to watch stuff from the 90s yeah, this is the rule for the podcast, is that anything you watch now, you can't watch anything else that comes out, apart from if it's been in the 90s. You stop playing that PS5 and you get out your N64 right now. 
<laughs> you say that, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is going to be in cinemas soon, and that was the game I had on the PlayStation, was it? Or it was, a, it was a Mega Drive. Mega Drive. Yeah, it, you, you've really annoyed the people at Nintendo now. They're going to be human. But it also ruined Christmas for me because I found out that Father Christmas wasn't real because of that sacred Mega Drive. How did you find out Father Christmas wasn't real due to Sonic the Hedgehog 2? Is this a spoiler mom, for the new No, my mum was doing her hair on like a couple of days before Christmas and she'd got the back of the wardrobe out and my Christmas present was sat there. And I was like, wasn't well, that meant to be with Santa? She's like, shh. That's like... Ah, so I had to keep it a secret from my brother. He still doesn't know. I still haven't told him. <laughs> Do you think there's more of a kind of a thing with parents of keeping it secret and not being the parent who's let on that there is no Father Christmas, so the other one still thinks the kids believe? Because my, yes. my dad ruined Christmas when I was about six, seven years old by uh, filling up the stocking in my room and then tripping over the edge of the bed and going, oh, bloody hell, and then dropping his cigarette. So uh, there we go. That ruined that Christmas. One of Great our top. presents got stuck in the wardrobe. Go Monkey Go didn't turn up on Christmas Day, and it was still in the wardrobe. And this was when we still believed and went, oh, look, Santa accidentally left it in the wardrobe. He didn't bring it out. I love the idea of Go Monkey Go still being stuck in the wardrobe. There it is. <laughs> go Monkey Go. Didn't go. Such an active title as well for something to get stuck. There is. Like this... a fat man slick. <laughs> it just doesn't work, does it? It was Santa. Santa just went, oh, come here. I'll just leave it upstairs in the wardrobe. Oh, well, I can't wait to do the Christmas special of this because I've got so much planned already for it. I've already written out some ideas because uh, it's not a special like a 90s Christmas special, but we're not here to talk about It's March. Christmas. It, you know what? The, it is the only year where I don't think I'm playing the big man himself for the first mm. time in about 12 years. It's the most freeing experience of my life. Going, I could do whatever I want. I could be in a pantomime. I'd like to be in a panto. Would you be in a panto, Chris? Yes. Maybe we should do a panto. Maybe Apparently, we should. I'll write, I'll write that down. The scripts, they don't all pantos use the same scripts. I know, I know there is like kind of a group of scripts that do the rounds on pantomimes. Uh, people who don't write their own pantos, certain companies who just buy the script and then yeah, you get well, it and it's like, well, I've done this script before. Don't get me started on that because that thing we do on a Wednesday, we decided at Christmas we would do a panto and uh, we never did it and I wrote it all out <laughs> and I've still got it on my phone. We did Cinderella. Well, Let's do it. Let's do a let's do a big screen nineties pan. Let's not do a panto. Let's pick a Christmas special and just reenact the whole of it. Each each scene is a different. Oh no, this this is brilliant. The idea, the idea of us just reenacting a Christmas special on the stage. You're up for it. Is it legal to do that? You just oh, we just get the Only Fools and Horses episode where they become millionaires and recreate it on stage. I think it'd be fine. What's the worst that could happen? I've always wanted to take some films and edit them to my own version so they made them better, but I think you're not allowed to do that because people might own them already. I think you're okay to do it for personal use. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know how you personally <laughs> use a panto. The Barnes cut of, uh, I don't know, 
Sin City. I've done that recently. <laughs> uh, I, I, I like the idea of the bunch cut where you just cut a film down to like two things. <laughs> that is it cake. Great show, but you only need to fast forward to the last five minutes and see him cut to see if it is cake. I don't care how they've made the cake. I just want to see if it is cake. It just goes on for. Have you seen any of it? I watched no, two I've, episodes. I've never seen Is It Cake. It's, it's something that like would have been big in the nineties. It needed Danny Baker. Uh, is it cake? And they just like at the end, like they made loads of burgers, and four were burgers and one was cake. And I thought I don't need to see how, I don't need to see someone's journey on making the cake. I just need to see the cake at the end. Five minutes. That's all I need. Everything's too bloody long now. Yes, like <laughs> this intro, <laughs> like, but there is one show where you wouldn't want to skip to the end, and that is the British Empire. So the, the bit I really loved was in the intro of where you just saw the guy's trainers and it had the producer and the director's name in it. I thought one day, one day I will own a pair of trainers with my name on the bottom. And you know what? Still haven't. Still haven't. I once wrote Andy on a pair because I felt like I was in Disney once. But other than that, no. Oh, you spot my joke. What was your um, joke? Someone in Edinburgh got one of my pens and wrote Trevor on the bottom of their shoe. And my response oh. was, what are you, Andy from Toy Story? But you've done it now. That's a great, that's a great way of remembering your gig though, isn't it? That someone's written it on the bottom of their shoe. How long will yeah, that I'm, hold out? I don't know. I literally can't remember anything else that happened in the show apart from they got their, they wrote my name on the bottom of their shoe. That's a good gig, man. That's a good gig. When, so, when people are writing the names on the bottom of your shoes, you made it. They should be calling you the King of Edinburgh now. King of Seoul. Hey! You were in Dover last night as well, so that boy does have soul. The only problem with the episode I watched, when I watch it back now, I've decided that I'm not going to watch episode one because that might not be their... They might hit their stride by then. So I chose series two, episode one. And at the beginning... Uh, Gordon Britters had died, and I was like, "Have I just put, have I picked an episode where Chris Barry is not in it?" <laughs> Which is what you want from the British Empire, the one without Chris Barry. It's what weird they did that because at that same time, wouldn't he have been doing like Red Dwarf? Yeah, at that time, I think it was. And it's spit just an image an old career choice and spit an mm. image. What did you think? Of the, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you this as well. Watching it back made me instantly think of the smell of like 90s leisure centres. Like yeah. the intro, did you just get the smell of kind of sweat and rubber? Chlorine. In, and chlorine in it of going, in. they just stank. They just, it's not. And I realised watching it, I don't know how it got. Let's see how many series it had. I think it was seven series, according to. Wikipedia out of the idea of working in a leisure centre. 
Life wanted to make it into a film. I thought when Mr. Beans came out, I thought, oh, what film could you make? Oh, this person has died at a leisure centre and they've brought in British to come and do it in America or something stupid like that, which wouldn't make a good film at all. <laughs> I'm really surprised they haven't, they didn't try and make a film, but well, just stuck in a leisure centre. Well, anything can make a film. Now look at Nan movie. <laughs> But we're not here to talk about that. I've not seen it. I love that the only review I read of Nan movie as well, like it was in The Observer or The Guardian and it only got one star. And then underneath it, there was like, coming soon, Macbeth at the Globe. And I was like, <laughs> that's not for you. Why, are you. why are you reading a review of this? You're not going to like it. Leave it be. <laughs> like, go and have your stuff. If that's the advert, you're not going to enjoy Nan movie, are you? Give it some leeway. Apparently, it was going to be like a character study of her in the past completely, but then they rewrote it and made it into a road movie and added bits in. So it's probably been interfered with. That's why it's not going to be any good. It's a good. It's one of those things. It's a good idea. But why would you make a film about Nan in the past without showing the character? Do you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> Name a prequel. Oh, that, is, any good. that is true. That's probably what the reason was. They were like, oh, it's the Nan film and Nan isn't being Nan. So what is the point yeah. of the film? It's not like Star Wars, is it? Where you can get away with it because of like the epic amount of people who like Star Wars and the idealism behind it. It's Nan. Yep. I've <laughs> the never watched... Show. I've never watched a sketch and thought, I really want to know what her backstory is. I want to know why she's grumpy for. Exactly. I've never watched any sketch and thought, I want to know what the backstory of this is. I do. Um, the parrot sketch. I want to know why he went in there to buy a parrot <laughs> and didn't realise it was dead. <laughs> so you want to see a film about the parrot where, yeah, where it all starts off as a chick made by pizza. Yeah, and I want to know why Michael Palin's character had got a slug in the back, where he got that from. I, I think these are great ideas. I think that's what we should do. Just watch old sketches and really re write... <laughs> Way for fit ideas on big, meaty budgets. That's what I'm about, mate. That is it. <laughs> when has that ever gone wrong before? Never. To bring it back to the British Empire again, um, his wife is in Green Wing and she's going out with Mark Heap. That is my oh. little uh, little sidestep for you there. Now, the episode I watched, uh, he was on trial at the beginning of it for something that happened in the leisure set. Have you seen this episode? No. I watched when he died. Well, he woke up and it was a dream. But it was so weird of going like, there was loads of dead bodies. Is this true? Well, I don't know if there's loads of dead bodies. I didn't, It was just... It just, I didn't laugh once, though. That was a sad thing. Everyone in the episode I saw, everyone thought he was a ghost, which only happens in sitcoms. If someone comes back, they go, you're a ghost, obviously, not, oh, what we thought didn't actually happen and you actually are still alive. And he's meant to be a prat, isn't he? But one of the things he said, I thought, well, that is sensible. You can only have 20 minutes on the squash court so everyone can play. I was like, yes, that is a good idea. That is... That does make it good. You can't just have anyone just going on playing the old... Uh, that is really bad when I'm now agreeing with, with Gordon Britters. Well, that's the point, though. You can't just let anyone have as much time as they want on the squash court. No, it's we'll chaos. 
that's what was happening. Everyone was allowed to do what they wanted because, and they kept getting loads of bookings because they'd they'd found out he wasn't there anymore. And then he turned he turned up. I thought maybe it might have been his twin brother, and I thought, yeah, that might that could have been the case. They could have done that. Chaos on the squash court sounds like a brilliant nineties <laughs> metal band by middle class people, doesn't it? I'm writing it down. I'm gonna chaos on break. the chaos on the squash court. Ruckus in the swimming pool. <laughs> People playing football at the leisure centre. I think that'd be one of their big hits. The smell of chlorine and sweat. <laughs> People well, my brother... swim and give sweat. <laughs> oh, sorry. In the middle of a hoedown. My brother did karate, so we used to go along to, um, well, wait for him to finish. I would say support him, but it's really more like hurry up so we can finish. So I spent a lot of time in the leisure centre. Did you ever eat in the leisure centre? I think so, yeah. I remember the swimming pool, we always used to have like a thing at the top where you could sit and watch from the top. I thought, apart from parents, who, what is this for? I think it's perverts. just for the parents, isn't it? Well, perverts <laughs> as well. I always found it weird at the leisure centre that uh, if you went to get like something to eat at the leisure centre, <laughs> like we went on these play scheme days where they put you in the leisure centre for a day, uh, play football with you once, and then you get to go in the pool. And uh, the food was like burger and chips, pizza, like lasagna. And you think this isn't really leisure centre based food, is it? <laughs> it annoys me with the Stower Centre now is that when I used to go there, they had just two pools, one big one, one kids one, with nothing in it, just floats. Yeah. And bricks, you had to go down and collect. Now they've got flumes and everything else. And it's like, well, where was this when I was little? We had to go to Tenton if we wanted to go on a flume. Hey, they took down the flumes in uh, Dover Legend Centre because of uh, apparently there was a fatal injury on it. How can you get a fatal injury on a flume? I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's keeping it light, but it was just weird. I went, I thought that was the only good thing about the leisure centre was the flumes. It wasn't the smell. The food, the vending machines, the barucas, that weird kind of pool you had before you went into the swimming pool to wash your feet in. Do you remember oh, them? Yeah, and the, the wristband you'd have to have so they knew when you had to come out again. Uh, well, it's, if, if anything, British Empire has made us realise that leisure centres in the 90s were a, definitely a place you could go for a few hours to think, I'd rather not be here. At the they must have improved. Must have improved now. They must be better than they used to be. There's flumes coming out the side of the. Did you ever have one that with the flume comes out the side of the building, so you feel like you're outside and then you're back in again? We no. weren't that lucky. That'd be amazing. Dover so, wouldn't have had that. Imagine if it got bombed. That'd be the first to go. Imagine going on a lovely water slide and then realising you've just got into the channel. No one wants that. I can't see ISIS. What, where did you bump? Well, we bombed a leisure centre. That, that's not really the place you'd do it, would it? Well, that's, that's what people don't expect it. That's why you would bomb the leisure centre. Just trunks and the smell of chlorine for miles around. A big old cloud of chlorine in the sky where it hit the cabinets. I think that's... Yeah, if I ever join them, that's that's where I'm going first. So, what would you give the British Empire? 
Well, seeing as it was more exciting to talk about actual leg leisure centres, uh, I'm going to go 30. It just seems like one of those 90s sitcoms that was very forgetful. So forgetful, it's not really a big hitter on gold, is it? No. Uh, Colin does sound a bit like Roy Chubby Brown. Um, he does. Mr. Britos. <laughs> that sounds exactly like Roy Ch Is that Roy Chubby Brown there? No, no, I was doing, I was doing Colin, but... I thought it was actually Roy Chubby Brown and phoned it. Have you seen the Roy Chubby Brown video for Ukraine? It's basically him moaning about uh, Ukraine and, and calling them the C-word. And everyone's like, yeah, go on, go on, Chubby, on TikTok. You're really doing something. It's like, he's not. All he's doing is swearing and saying the Ukraine. Not, uh, sorry, not, he's not swearing at the Ukraine. He's swearing at Russia. Oh, thank God for that. <laughs> like saying, he's had a pop at the Ukraine. Yeah, well, who's was... his agent? Do, do you know who's had it too easy? The Ukrainians. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are we to say? Oh, sorry, he's supporting the Ukraine and he's calling the Russians C-words. And uh, that's and it's, the song's not very good. Oh, yeah, I'd give it 30 as well. I'll give it 32. So that's British Empire with 30 points. That's right in the book. Ba-boom! one of the greatest shows of the 90s about changing rooms. It was Changing Rooms. You don't have to do this. I'm going to put it in. <laughs> well, I'm going to leave that in. I feel like it's there. Yeah. Leave that in. Now. I'll leave it in. If you just stick it. I think it's better than the original. I found the 2003 episode of it on YouTube, and I thought, no, no, you can't watch that. You've got to watch the 90s version. So I put one on. And it had Carol Smiley on it, so it's like, yes, that is a point. What I want when I want watch an episode is a classic episode where things happen that are famous. And uh, Handy Andy was in it. Oh, and... Handy Andy. Uh, fun fact for Handy Andy, he tried to get Christmas number one with his hit single, If I Had a Hammer. Uh, fun fact, it never got number one because it was Handy Andy singing, If I Had a Hammer. <laughs> There's not enough of that anymore, is there? People trying to get number one singles on wafer thin, wafer thin ideas. He's handy. He has a hammer. But he does have a hammer, though, doesn't he? So why is he singing If I Had a Hammer? Because he has a hammer. He's Andy Andy. It makes no sense, Andy. That's why he didn't get number one for, because it didn't make any sense. Should have been. I have a hammer, a hammer in the morning. I have a hammer. Yeah, I do my. Have... Do it. It's part of my work that I need one, so I've got one. 
I, uh, Linda, Bar- Linda Barker was on it as well, and Lawrence Lear and Bowen. I was like, yes, I found classic changing rooms. I forgot. I'd forgotten what the rules were. Did you? I thought that they just made over the sh- the room. The designers made over the room, and people came in and said, "Oh, I like it, or I don't like it." I didn't. I forgot that the next door neighbors swap and they do each other's rooms, and if you've decided to be vindictive, you could just do exactly the opposite of what they wanted to do. Well, reading an interview with Carol Smiley from uh, 1997, it does state as well, uh, they were given 24 hours to change each other's rooms, but it was never 24 hours due to them having to sleep and stuff. So they actually would have had about 15 to 16 hours and the budget was actually smaller than first was put out there. So probably the budget would have been less than 500 quid to do up that room in the 90s in about 14 hours, which is kind of obvious why some of them rooms didn't look great. Well, the one I saw, Lawrence went quite minimal and didn't go over the top, and it looked quite nice. We didn't go mental with it. And what annoyed me was I was thinking, at the end, the woman is going to cry, she's going to hate it, and they both liked it. And I was like, oh, I'm not happy with this. I wanted, I wanted tears. You want them to hate it, didn't you? That's yeah. the thing. Like you don't want to watch one of those. And once again, it's what it's exactly like the Kate show. Fast forward to the last five minutes. <laughs> I don't need to see Lawrence Lohan Bowen sort stuff out, but I do love Lawrence Lohan Bowen because he says amazing things. Like he walked into one room, this episode was from 2000, and just said, You can smell the love in here. And I, I want that on a t-shirt. And uh, <laughs> This quote, it is like someone has put battery acid in my eyes because of the decor. Now, I've never seen anything that has made me think like someone has put battery acid in my eyes. There there was a lady that uh, wanted, they liked the window in the room. And my first thought was, well, that's going the minute back in. And she didn't want anything that would overstimulate the kids. So Linda Barker painted it bright green, but they seemed to like that at the end. I thought that would break. Well, maybe they were faking it and just going, this is, you, I really wanted a really fake one. Like, this is amazing. I really love it. I really don't. You've painted the floor blue. It's really good. <laughs> and oh. obviously you can see them dying inside going, minute you leave, I'm going to repaint. Oh, my house looks like the inside of a Toby Carvery. Thank you. And it was a kid's room, and she put a picture of a snake over the toy box, which I thought, if not just a cartoon snake, a proper snake over the thing. Oh, a like, proper snake. That would just freak anyone out. Like, oh, yeah, I'm scared of snakes. Have you got a fear of lizard-like creatures? Because it's very tortoise-based, a snake, isn't it? No. No, for some reason, I don't mind snakes or spiders, but I don't like tortoises. You just don't trust them? They're too small. I don't like slaves either. They move too slowly. That's why I didn't <laughs> like Brexit. Wee! Steve hey. uh, I'll tell you a fun story. My brother was uh, saved, well, saved a turtle, actually. Uh, I take it you're not a big fan of the turtles if you don't like tortoises. I'm not that bothered about the turtles. It's the tortoises. Really? Yeah. This is a very specific hatred. <laughs> I don't know uh, what it. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's that they can go into the side. Of their shit. I don't. 
don't make me think about tortoises. I, I'm not making you think about it. Sorry, I understand this is bad for you. But like the one he adopted uh, was found walking down Folkestone High Street. Could you imagine how much that would have freaked you out? Just walking down there and go, oh, God. Did I not tell you about when I was on my bike when I saw one go walking down the road? Oh, yeah, you did, man. That's a similar thing. Where, who's letting them all loose in Ken? If this is you, and you are letting tortoises and turtles uh, loose, then uh, stop it. It's not funny. One stops scaring Chris, and it's not funny. It's not fair on the tortoise or the turtle. <laughs> stop it. Uh, I digress again. So changing rooms. Like, there's been some great moments, though. We all remember Teapot Gate. Do we? When it... <laughs> Yeah, when, when they put loads of teapots, like this valuable collection of teapots on a bunch oh, of shelves. Oh, yeah, I remember now. And they all smashed <laughs> and, uh, the next morning. And she had to go and tell the other people, and they were really sad. Uh, probably the best thing she did, smashing them teapots. They were horrible. Oh, well, the thing is, as well, if you were going on a show with your neighbours, wouldn't you have a chat beforehand of going, don't let them do this, don't do that, or just let them know in advance? But they seem quite pushy, don't they, them designs? Yeah, one of one of them said, my kids really like the wallpaper. I thought, why have you come on the show then? Why don't you just do it yourself? Exactly. This is it. I think people just want a free lunch sometimes. That's the problem. But the paint you used at the beginning looked like the paint that they use in Only Fools and Horses when they paint the restaurant out with the luminous paint. But when it was on the wall, it wasn't as bright as I thought it would be. I thought it was going to be like a nightmare, but... It wasn't. <laughs> What's it like the uh, on that blobby video you sent me where, where he paints the wall and it's got like it's got blobs in it. Like it's generally got like yellow dots in, in the pink paint. It was like that's that's up there with tartan paint. That that's amazing. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great? I think how long do you think it is before we can get pattern paint where we can get a tin or something and just paint a pattern on the wall? I oh. think we're 15 years away. We're a bit off yet. I was thinking, why can't we can do loads of things? Why can't we get musical instruments that are tuned automatically without having to do it yourself? You, you can get a self-tuning guitar that tunes oh. itself, but you have to tune certain bits. It's not really a self-tuning guitar. Like It needs like an extra bit done to it. You need to tune it. <laughs> so you do need to tune it, but it tunes it up better. than It's, it's a weird thing. Yeah, why isn't there self-tuning instruments? Maybe we should do a list of stuff that we should have had by now. It's 2020. Well, well, I like being a comedian is that all you need is the microphone to be loud and you're done. You don't have to tune the... You don't have to tune up any of the instruments before you come on. Well, if you... Only your voice. Only your voice. And always take care of your voice because in this industry, your voice will take care of you. Have you ever lost your voice doing a gig? Well, if not, not singing. I mean, just doing comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loads of times. Yeah, yeah, no, sorry. When we first come back, uh, it just completely went. And for the first few gigs, not only had I hadn't done my comedy for like 16 months, uh, I couldn't talk properly either. And I've lost my voice as in myself during the lockdown. So that was pretty bad. I've done it with the cold and it's just made my voice deeper. <laughs> I just did it and I was like, you know what the voice sounds like. Why have you just pretend that you don't know what your own uh, comedy voice sounds like. <laughs> it, so, it sounded like a comedy dog when you did that deep Trevor feel good. Do that again. Do that voice again. 
Sausages. Sausages. <laughs> sausages. So, yeah, it's pushy. Was that live? Was that? Was that? Was that, <laughs> was that was, live? I was back. I'm trying not to say this life, is it? It's that's life. That wasn't the 90s, was it? No, no, we can't do that. Oh, life. Damn. So close. Uh, fun fact before we uh, finish up on changing rooms uh, 17 series, 165 episodes. Also, it was one of the first sketches I ever wrote. It was called Changing Brooms, which I did for a drama piece where two guys changed their brooms and the other one decorated it. The other one hated it and he beat him to death with his broom. <laughs> Still gold. Still gold. Like, Changing Brooms could have been so much more. Uh, and they did bring it back. It is still going on Channel 4, uh, the new series of Changing Rooms. Not Changing Brooms, because why would you have that? So uh, it's it's not as good. This bit might not go in. Was was Carol Smiley banging Handy Andy? I just got why it from them talking. This like, she was just talking to him like, yeah, you're definitely shagging. I don't, I don't know. I love the way you say that to me like I was there. Yeah, do you know? Come on. You know everything <laughs> you know, about showbiz. You obviously were hanging out on set to write that amazing sketch. You must have been there for about 20 series. You must have done some research on changing brooms to find out <laughs> about changing rooms. the um, the uh, love life of the presenters of changing rooms. I, I didn't. I, I wrote another sketch called Changing Shrooms where uh, both people took uh, hallucinogenic drugs. And uh, then they changed the ones they had, and uh, saw what trips they went on. Did you write Great any? TV. Did you write any sketches that didn't include changing room? I didn't. I, I wrote so much crap. Looking back, it was weird. I didn't get that higher pass rate. But it's not about me and my amazing sketches. Hang on. My first comedy set that I was going to do that I never did was people on The Apprentice going in there and they've asked homeless people to sell the big issue and there's Alan just berating them going, you didn't sell enough. I thought that would be a good idea for a comedy. I was, no, I didn't know what I was doing. I thought I could go like Eddie Izzard and just riff it, but it never came to anything. I don't know what I brought it up for. So, how much would you give Changing Rooms? I would give Changing Rooms, uh, I'd give it 40, but Changing Rooms gets an 80 because one of them ideas that never happened I'm glad it's half an hour. I was be really worried. I thought it'd be an hour long. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's good for half an hour, isn't it? Isn't DIY SOS an hour? It's the same thing. I think so. Or uh, there's that 60 minutes makeover in there as well. Mm. How long's that? It's, it's about 45 minutes with that. <laughs> <laughs> Comedy gold. Wow. Didn't someone say that Jamie's 30 minute dinners would take an hour to make? I read someone right on Facebook. I don't know, though, with that, because I've done a few Jamie dishes, but it's if you prep, I don't know if it allows time for preparation. Hmm. I don't know. Don't know. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not Jamie Oliver. I've never written a sketch about him to spend any time with him. Well, I've never sort of thought, oh, I'm, I'm going to have to eat in a minute. I can only do it in half an hour. If it's any longer yeah. than that, then I can't eat. I've got to go out. <laughs> I've got to go. <laughs> yeah, I've only got half an hour to spend on this dish. I suppose if you're in a rush, say like, say you had a big gig on, or you were going to the local box social, and uh, it was at eight o'clock, and you realised you wanted dinner, and it was seven thirty. Mm. It's ideal for you. 
but you would have made dinner at seven, wouldn't you? Because you still got to eat it. You yeah, can't he... just you don't dissolve food. He's not forty three, is he? He's not. No one's thought it through. This is the problem with Jamie's thirty-minute meals. Oh, Jamie! This has been the most oh, random episode on. we've done. We've barely talked about any of the programs so far. <laughs> hold on, hold on. We, we, we've had a man. It, it doesn't include preparation time. Everyone was waiting for that. <laughs> what, what, what? Everyone's waiting there. <laughs> Jamie's thirty-minute meals. Got nothing to do with this whatsoever, <laughs> and I love Jamie Oliver. I think he's a legend. So oh, there we go. Change your rooms. Uh, giving it full. Did you say forty-five? I said forty. I'd give it forty then. I think that's. So we're we giving it forty. I agree well, with that. Have you noticed this week? I've noticed this week that I've worked out how the scoring works. Every week I'm normally like, so what? So we combine it and uh, like, yeah. It's basically one of us right, comes right. up with a number and we have to agree on it. Yeah. It's not in a TV format yeah. yet. Uh, so, uh, 40, locking it in at 40. Shall we say, let's lock it in? That, that could be it. Let's lock it in. Let's lock it in. And then like a buzzer goes off. Yeah, it's yeah. making me work, aren't you? I've got to oh, go on YouTube and find a buzzer. Making you work for that one. Pound 25 on average. Did you... Did you... Did you listen to last week's episode with the triumphant music was just a bugle playing? I loved it. <laughs> Some great work. You don't get enough respect for editing this. I feel the rest of the team does need to pull their socks up. Yeah. yeah. Do you know how to edit? No. no. Right, moving <laughs> on to your next show. <laughs> it is. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. 
Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 90s classic nightmare. I love the way we always leave a big pause. Like, I could just cut it. We could speak immediately after you said it. Exactly. But the problem is, though, like, every time like, I leave that pause, I sing through the whole of the theme tune in my head, which defeats the object of leaving the pause in the first place. Yes. Uh, I loved the intro. The CGI, well, it wasn't CGI. The animated intro was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And then the, the, then the show started. Oh, come on. Come on. I loved it because it doesn't work. Trey Gar comes on at the beginning telling you that you are now having an adventure. No, it just made me laugh that all the actors are like, yes, come into my kingdom. I'm here to take you around the kingdom of nightmare. Who are you? I'm Paul from Cheshire. And this is David. <laughs> and this is Michael. And we're <laughs> we're from... To come and play it with you. Okay, yes, you come and play with us in the nightmare. <laughs> it doesn't work with real people. These people have come from Peterborough to come and do the quest. <laughs> this person has come all the way from Chorley. <laughs> well and Garland City, you say. I know that you don't work, you didn't work on it, but how did it work? Did they have lots of different rooms or did they just have one room that they just kept resetting it and making them go back out again? Well, fun fact for you as well, guys. Fun fact. Uh, my college tutor did work on it. Oh, I didn't know that. Explained, well, no, nor did I until I read through <laughs> the uh, credits. Also, he worked on spats and many, many more, which will come up at a later date. Uh, there was, they just walked through rooms. And then oh. it was edited over. So uh, it always gave me a sense of dread as a kid watching it because those actors playing the parts in that are really good actors and really into the role. But I always feel bad that they're doing Nightmare, not doing like Macbeth or doing Hamlet or something. They were too good to be on it, if you know what I mean. It just didn't... Yes. It, it and there was a lot me... of reverb on his voice. Yeah. A lot of reverb. It did like, give me... <laughs> it did give me um, flashbacks to Edinburgh Dungeon. Like, I'm I'm an actor working. Come come with me for me to do. There was a wall in it that uh, he said that it might be called whatever it's called, 
Well, it could be also called Gravel Ass, was it? And he said that please don't make, please don't laugh at that at his name. I thought, how did you get away with that on, on Kids <laughs> Telly? You are relatively fortunate. This is a wall monster category level one. Not an insurmountable problem, although it will feed on life force if you let it. This one is probably called Granitas, but it has no sense of humour, so don't laugh at its name. What also made me laugh was every time they went into a new room, the kid with the helmet on would go, Where am I? That's not in another room, aren't you? You're obviously in a room. You're always in a room most of the time. Okay, well, now where am I? And that, that helmet must have just stunk by the end of series one as well, like the amount of people wearing that helmet and it looked ridiculous as well like how many of those helmets must they have to have made as well because surely they change on the sides of the child the helmet of justice was the name of the helmet well we, we've all referred to it as that as one time or another the, the, the idea though is just <laughs> telling someone where to stand yeah. and walk i don't feel it was exciting as i remember it I remember watching it back and thinking, oh, and generally a sense of fear, because I thought, oh, how are they going on into these magical worlds? And they're so clearly not real now. Like, I forgot it was I a think... game show and people just got taken out halfway through the episode and they started again like, who wants to be a millionaire? I thought that you just followed some kids and they tried to get all the way to the end. And no, that didn't happen. It was more, more of a game that I remember. Well, the, the thing that made me think as well was it because I used to get scared by like because I was young in the nineties. I was nothing but a small boy, and <laughs> do you remember like the crystal maze? Of course you do. When they used to get stuck in the room, like part of me thought, oh, they're in there forever. So it genuinely had a sense of kind of danger because like, what is the ultimate loss? Your life <laughs> in a game show that's pretty big, and now I think, well, they've just gone home, wouldn't they? I was really when I was little, I was really scared of loads of sci-fi stuff. That's one of the reasons why I'm not a big sci-fi fan, because I was too scared of it. Like the never-ending story when the mountain turns into turns into a tortoise. Yeah, but that's creepy as fuck though. Yeah. Like that and return to Oz. <laughs> like when you make a kid's film, at least but it all started with Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Who puts a child catcher, which is in a sense, it's a paedophile, in a film made for children? I will tell you who. Um, Roald Dahl. Okay, I feel you know, bad. You know, Fleming, Fleming wrote the book and the ending of the film wasn't working well. So all that bit at the end with the child catcher and them being in a, that other place is all Roald Dahl. So it makes sense then. Oh, yeah, but the problem mind. is with that, Roald Dahl is only good when Roald Dahl gets the creative control of being Roald Dahl. Yeah. Because, like, <laughs> there's been so many Roald Dahl films that make no sense because obviously it's not his imagination and idealism. So, when in that, it just comes across really creepy. <laughs> like, you can read like those books now, like the Roald Dahl stuff, and it's just brilliant. But, yeah, if it's not Roald Dahl doing it, don't do it. There you go. There's some advice. I don't think anyone's pulled off a Roald Dahl book in the film perfectly, except maybe Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh, another bit where the... when you Did you watch an episode? Was the wall trying to give them riddles? Yes, the wall was trying to give them riddles. Giving riddles. Freaked me out. 
And he was like, I'm going to do three riddles, right? Here's the first riddle. And they answered it. And then the, the girl was going, should we pick up the soap? It's like, he's like, no, let me do the next one. She was obsessed with picking the soap up that was on the floor. It turned out to be wrong. The lady in the other room wanted a comb. <laughs> I love the way of going, no, I'm in the role. Shut up. Shut up. I reckon it was the, the dungeon master just was something on his face. I think the voice was the same. Here is my first. What runs yet has no legs and has a bed but never rests? Oh, a river. Um, a river. A river. A river. 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 Accepted. Oh. Right. Here is my second. Should we take the soap? Hang on, Mave. Wait for the second riddle. Here is my second. What? It's weird, isn't it? It's just one of those shows where you think they clearly needed the money. And good on them, because you've got to be out there working. But. Listen, now, what did I watch recently with my nephew, like Thomas's Magical Railroad or something? And like this, I will find the guy's name. I think it's Jeremy Irons or someone who's in it. But the acting's so good, it ruins the rest of the film of how bad it is. And it's just like, why is he in it? Why didn't they just cast, I don't know, me? Like, <laughs> someone to fit in that film. If they asked you to go on to Nightmare, would you have yeah. gone on? Definitely, in a heartbeat. But I would have been scared. Would you have been the people telling the other person to move forward and backwards and left, or would you be in the helmet? Well, well, I'm dispatched it with no sense of direction, Chris, and I think me being in the helmet would have been the greatest bit of TV ever. <laughs> of going, there are still times when I think, is that left or is it right? Let alone the idea of me wearing a massive helmet being directed around a dungeon. <laughs> I like at the end, they're... Like their bully that they get to take home with them is a scroll. Probably just says, Thank you for being on the program now, piss off. Probably just has the appearance being a (laughs) 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 picture of like a massive penis. Oh, I I just found it, it was definitely out of everything we've reviewed, that and British Empire are of its time. They're so of its time. Like, could you imagine like British Empire now? It just—I don't think it would work at all. Even I, if you remade it, I don't know. Well, everyone likes Dungeons and Dragons again, or D and D, as the kids call it. So maybe D&D. they might. They could bring. It's basically D and D. Like my friend was trying to make me do a funny D and D, and I said the people that want to play it properly will hate me because it's like he's not taking it seriously. He's written it wrong. He's got I a rounded dwarf in it. Oh, but that, that'd be fun, though, wouldn't it? Fun D&D. Yeah, so what's that now? I'm now writing a panto, and I'm now doing a D&D. So not only at the end of the year are we doing a panto, I'll, I'll jump on that Dungeons & Dragons with you. I'll happily be the older, oh, hello and welcome to the Dungeon of Wonder. <laughs> what fate may meet you at the end? I'm available in equity. Please hire me for something else apart from this crap. I was on the Booch advert of 2004. The problem with my voice like that is it's so... It's quite close to Bane from Batman. (laughs) Management must be more severe. I I was born in the dark. You only rent it. 
So, you can tell I'm trying to move it on. So, what would you give Nightmare? <laughs> You'd give it low, yeah. wouldn't you? I, don't, I, don't, I just don't... It didn't have that kind of thing. Like, shit in co last week. I watched that back and forth. This is good. It's kind of like, everything's good at it. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm wasting the guy's time. Also, watching it, like, the guy hosted it, I felt like, you feel like it's a hassle for him to turn up. Like... <laughs> But like it didn't. It was such a weird thing. It annoyed me, if anything. <laughs> I'd give it, it twenty-five, but only <laughs> because I found the juxtaposition of the medieval form and kids from up north being in it quite funny. <laughs> I think that's a fair rating. That's twenty-five. Do you know what that means? Let's lock, lock it, it in. in. Hey. Take off. Gonna have t shirts, aren't they? Okay, oh mate, the merchandise we're gonna have in a storeroom somewhere that's never gonna sell and give it away at bingo is gonna be amazing. <laughs> I remember that podcast we used to do, yeah. I've got uh, a thousand t shirts in my garage. Remember the six we've done since that? <laughs> Turns out small screen noise was where it was at. So, we talk about that affair, yeah. We need. But this this uh, podcast it needs vision, doesn't it? And what better way to have vision than chuckle vision? Chuckle vision. Which masterpiece of television did you watch of the Chuckle Brujon? Well, I uh, I got caught into watching it and realised I watched three episodes <laughs> in the 2000s. Oh, and then no. Realized, done it again. And I've done it again. And then started watching my favourite version was their game show, which was called To Me To You. And so you didn't watch point, Chuckle Vision then from the No, no I did. So no, you didn't. Oh, You're ruining oh, the format. <laughs> I'm not ruining the format. And on the sixth episode of the day, I thought, right, I best watch something from Chuckle Vision. And I watched the one where he's trying to win the world records and he wins a world record for most world record attempts. And it was good. It was great. It was just beautiful. I think the thing is with the Chuckle Brothers is I didn't appreciate this as much as when I was younger. And watching it back, they're just brilliant. What hmm. episode did you watch? I watched uh, Who's Minding the Shop, where Barry is asked to mind a shop and then Paul comes in and uh, Paul says, you're not doing it properly. So Paul takes oh, over yeah. doing the shop. And it was written by Roy Clark, which I thought maybe was the guy from Open Hours and he was just using an old script, but it wasn't the same one. Ah, so is that 90s? Because I watched that one as well. Yes. Oh, brilliant. Oh, I did watch one from the 90s and that other one. I spent a bit too long on this then, haven't I? Yeah, they did uh, role play. They're, they are a great double act, the, being the brothers, doing... They know what they're doing. There were some jokes in there that I thought could be dirtier that, that could have gone over the kids' heads. Something about nuts or something, I thought. 
that that's just my dirty mind coming into it. I just like the idea of the sketch as well, where he was asking them to get biscuits. Have you got this biscuit? Have you got this? Oh, no. And he was getting them to do the work for him. And it was just such a great sketch. It almost felt like Panto, but it didn't feel like Panto. Do you know what I mean? It just felt very natural between them. There is a plot point that I would like to bring up, which I didn't think it was consistent with. He goes and dresses up in a hat and a coat and leaves. How does he get out of the shop without going past Paul? He comes back <laughs> through the front door. I was like, well, how did you do it? You've been coming through that door when you want to come back in. I think I was watching it not in the right way. <laughs> Is that one of the notes you made just on your big wall of notes? Yeah, it was. <laughs> like it's a murder inquiry. He would have left at zero hundred hours. Also, it was in the 90s. Like open hours. Shops do not work like that anymore. You don't go up to the counter, apart from cigarettes and stuff that's behind the counter, and say, oh, have you got any bread? And the, the person goes and gets the bread for you and brings it over. I yeah, No, I'll tell you what people have started doing as well. There's someone in my local shop, I won't name them, because uh, I don't know their name, but I went in there the other day and they just put stuff on the till when mm. there's a queue. But don't go and buy all the items and then put... Have you seen this in action? Yeah. So, go and get some bread, put it on. Go and get the milk, put it on. Go and then like get the stuff in a bloody basket. Then go to the till. Everyone's happy. It's the most annoying, self-centered thing I think I have ever seen in the entirety of my life. And if you are doing it, stop fucking doing it because no one appreciates it. Or use a self-scan. Uh, do you eat stuff when you go around? No, but no. I wish I could. No, I hate people that do that. I thought, can't you just wait until you get outside? You can eat it immediately the minute you get outside. But when they go to the counter with the wrapper and say, look, I I've just had a Mars bar. I wouldn't be able to do that anyway. I feel like I've stolen it before I'd even bought it. Well, in theory, it's not shoplifting until you've left the shop. Oh, that is true. So uh, you can do what you want in the shop. But it's only theft the minute you walk out them double doors. But what would you eat on the way out of, of like... I don't know, a mass bar or something like that. But I don't think I'd be eat... that desperate for food. If I was, I'd buy it, eat it, and then come back in and do my shop. That would make more sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. But and I the... do like that. Oh, but sorry, I was going to talk about the Chuckle Brothers. <laughs> yeah, so was I. So I was right. I'm sorry. Oh, We've gone on very many tangents, <laughs> and uh, tangents are only great in the Chuckle Car. This is what I like. There, there is a format, but then I like going off-road and um, taking the brakes off. I, I, the analogy didn't work at the end of it. it they had the car. They had the car. What's with they're the car? Different. Why can't they? Need, they haven't even got a bike. They've got a car that, that you pedal. What? What? <laughs> Do you remember seeing one of those in the real world after watching Chuckle Vision? Yes, on a holiday. But, they're great. Like, and the thing is, anyone who's ever drove driven one of those drove one. Driven one will know that they are the worst things in the world to drive, and they're so unsafe because the brakes never work on them. How many like accidents do you think the Chuckle Brothers must have caused? <laughs> we going to say how many fatalities were the Chuckle Brothers? Fatalities. Called? Imagine like having the Chuckle Brothers come towards you and then just hearing chuckle, chuckle vision, <laughs> and then dying. That'd be terrible. That'd be the worst death ever. Chuckle vision. Do do do. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. 
Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. And then the paramedics to me, <laughs> to you. I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed the older brother wasn't in it because it was like I remember him. Not in every episode, but he was sometimes the boss that would how are they getting all these jobs that they get fired from most of the time? So what well, they do well. There's a great one. Uh, I don't want to talk about the noughties, but we're going to for now. It's a great one when they get a job converting analog TV to digital TV in the local area. I mean, like, how many ideas have you been through? To when you've got to that point. <laughs> well, we've done everything. We've literally done everything in 20 years. We converted analog to digital television in the local area. Oh, <laughs> that's Fred Bear, isn't it? But that's great. That's, yeah. You can do anything with that. There was Did a cake. Do you remember in the, the days? I do remember. They converted the analog. I do, and they're like, it's, it's finishing. There'll be no more signal on your telly. What is the they, they, on telly's still this? They, well, we're old tellys, they still have the analog on there. Like, why it won't work? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I, I don't know. I, I remember that being the biggest thing ever when everything switched to digital and everyone mm. thought it was the end of the world. We've gone through a lot of the end of the world in, in our time. Yes, the chuckle vision. Why did that never get a movie? Like, do you know what the one thing that could definitely work? Yeah, they, chuckle they, movie. They made one about the dog from Britain's Got Talent, so they could make one about um, the Chuckle Brothers. And there's a pun in there, chuckle vision. Like, I don't know what it is, but I can feel the pun. I haven't seen it yet. Chuckle, chuckle vision 3D. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they needed to make. Oh, it's like the cars coming right at me. To me, to you. Maybe they thought it was just so so much on television that they didn't really need to make a film. Well, uh, Am I going to be depressed and find out there are only 14 episodes? Because that used to happen with kids' shows, that they just repeat them and you just watch them again. And you think, no. how many did they make? Five? There was 21 series, just the Chuckle Brothers, <laughs> Chuckle Vision. So I don't think there was just a few. So what, what series was them changing television to, to digital? <laughs> was that like 25? I, I, I think it was quite... Series two. <laughs> Series two, we've run out of ideas. Or maybe they're, they're like the Simpsons. Maybe they, maybe that didn't happen yet, and they just they they thought of it. No, no, I don't think they did. Are you figuring it was just a sign of like going back? Apparently, as well, big news. It's going to be a, a Channel Five series where it's animated. What? Chuckle Brothers. They're bringing it back. How? <laughs> One of them isn't around anymore. Well, well, they're doing what they did with Mr Bean, apparently, and it's going to Channel 5. Oh. So, uh, yeah, a big news, big news. I never saw the animated Mr Bean stuff. I didn't. Uh, I thought that it wouldn't be Rowan Atkinson doing Mr Bean's voice, but it was, and I was really surprised by that. It doesn't really make many... It's only noises, though, isn't it? It's like... Yeah. <laughs> Must be worse than he's a visual comedian and now all he can use is his voice. Hello. Eh, it's me. I find it, yeah, I find that odd when they turn stuff because that, that used to be a thing, like back in kind of silent film days, like the Laurel and Hardy ones, the Charlie Chaplin ones, mm. stuff like that, because it, obviously it was, it was slapstick. So I don't know why then they found that he... It's this weird thing. Do people want the Chuckle Brothers? 
Bell. I don't know. I thought oh, you were going to say, like, that we'll do it with modern comedians like Alan Carr's own cartoon series. <laughs> Alan Carr's <laughs> cartoon series. Maybe Frankie Boyle needs his own kid show. <laughs> the episode watched what, at the end, they had out- Jobby Brown. <laughs> the episode I watched at the end, they had outtakes. Did they? Yeah, at the end of the one from the shop, they had out. Not many outtakes, but just then when they fluffed the lines up. It was great to see them both together because sadly we have lost a chuckle and it's just, they just work so well. Mm. And, and there's just the chemistry and you really feel a lot. And it, and it genuinely made me laugh out loud because it's silly. There's not enough silly anymore. I think I almost saw them live in Butlins. They were doing a panto. And uh, I think we walked in halfway through and there was was a massive inflatable giant on the stage and my brother was scared of it, cried, and we had to leave. And I was like, oh, I've just missed the chuckles. I don't know how, I I don't know what I became in the middle for. My dad must have just been like, what do you want to do? Oh, we started already. You can go in. You don't have to worry about the plot. Come on. Chuckle Brothers. I don't think any, I don't think anyone's ever watched the panel. What's going on? I bet yeah, those Shakespeare actors it. having nightmare. I bet that I bet they sat there and like pulled apart everything they've ever been on. <laughs> but what 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 is his motivation for being so angry? <laughs> what is Widow Twanky? Why are they working there? Why? I'm not having a go at the acting world. I long to be part <laughs> of it. But also in the shop, that the only way you could tell that you worked in the shop was you wore a white coat. I don't think that happens in retail anymore. I. I just think those coats were great. You could put stuff in your pockets. Like I did a, a brief time recently in the Gap year uh, for a big supermarket. Waitrose. When you work uh, for Gap. Oh, right. When I worked for Gap in the Gap market, uh, luckily I had a time machine. It was a hell of a commute. But it was great to have pockets. When you got the apron and you could put stuff in there, do you know what I mean? Like It's great to work in retail with pockets. And I think those coats just give you something. And I think like you can hide stuff in there. You've ever done this? Put in like a Mars bar, have a little nibble when you're stacking the shelves. I got told off for that. But I mean a little nibble. Have you ever done that? Just put something in your pocket, like, and then just add a little bite, put it back in, bring it out later when no one's looking. Um, no. <laughs> I'll be honest. I had a whole bag of Maltesers whilst on the tills once. That's how that's how defiant I was. I don't know where I'm going with this. It feels weird doing this in the afternoon, doesn't it? It, it feels... Um, yeah. Because I didn't know your walls were white. <laughs> Until now. They're uh, like off, off-white. Right, Chuckle Brothers. So... <laughs> what uh, would you give Chuckles? 78. 78? Do you know what? I would go with 80. Oh. I would go with 80 then. Which means Chuckle Brothers is a high scorer. Are you telling bag. me you don't know where it comes in the leaderboard? <laughs> it's quite high. We don't it's know where it is. It's very high. It's very, we will find out where it is in that leaderboard. But what a great one it was this week. What a lovely trip it mm. was from memory lane. Thank you for listening to Small Screen 90s. It has been an absolute pleasure to have you here. Yes. 
right now. And we'll see you again same time next week. Make sure you get this wherever you get your podcast from. And do you know what? Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. At the Leisure Centre. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.